Sometimes we hijack things. Sometimes we appropriate things. And this is kind of starting to happen already, okay? Um, with, with this entire Osbury revival, which I think is a good thing. But sometimes we'll take things and we'll make them very spooky and we'll make them super, 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 supernatural. And uh, I think this is no different. Um, but the idea of revival, Pastor Greg Glory wonderfully articulated it, is that something dead is being revived. Something dead is coming alive. Okay. The other aspect is awakening. Now, awakening is when you were never alive. You never knew of this Jesus, right? And so I do believe that our churches today need revival. Absolutely. But I think this generation, Gen Z, some millennials, I think they also need awakening of the truth of Jesus because they are different, okay? So um, I think it's I think it's and both, but I think sometimes when we try to just make it one or the other, when we just try to make it super-duper spooky and super-duper, uh, you know, the language around it, I think it could go go left, but this seems to be a genuine act of God that is happening. 100 hours, people have filled the rows of Hughes Auditorium at Asbury University to worship. It's referred to now as a revival, but began on Wednesday spontaneously when students felt the urge to stay after the mandatory chapel service. 100 hours, man. They've been going 100 hours. No, that's not my code, Ray. I see you looking, though. A uh, hundred hours. That's pretty we, awesome. Uh, are unique because three times a week we stop everything that we're doing uh, and gather for a chapel service together. This is just a service that uh, hasn't ended. Since Wednesday, the phenomenon has spread all throughout social media, with churches and other campuses bringing busloads of people to the chapel. Yep. Lloyd Nineveh had never heard of Asbury before, but after seeing the social media posts, he drove seven hours from North Carolina to see the revival in Wilmore for himself. With what's going on in the world and all the darkness, and this was like light, like the, uh, you know, light coming through. And so I wanted to see what was going on. So he got. And apparently they're at a, over 140 hours now, which is amazing. They're just, they're just going. Uh, apparently they're bringing in food and they're just rocking out, man. Moving. A revival like this is not uncommon for the university. Back in 1970, a similar revival lasted for two weeks. Hundreds of people from Kentucky, Indiana, and Michigan attended a testimony service on the campus of Asbury College in Wilmore. But since then, there has not been an act of worship of this length. Signs of stopping anytime soon. Like we're just sitting with him and like it's just deeply gentle and like deeply loving. Um, and it's just a glimpse of what I think heaven will, will be like. Allison Perfader and many other students and faculty encourage people to come out to Asbury and see the revival for themselves. If it's for 20 minutes, if it's for a couple hours, if it's for the week, like, you can't lose anything, you know, but you can gain, like, everything. In Wilmore, Hallie DeVore, WKYT. Now, what I like about this so far is that uh, <clears throat> there's no being drunk in the spirit. There's no fog lights. Fancy LED screens, cool band that uh, it, it seems rather simple. It seems very humble and it seems like God is doing something. Now, a lot of us have been talking about this idea of a revival, whether it's going to be top down, bottom up, all that kind of stuff. Right. I think I think it's good. But what blesses me so far is that it hasn't been hijacked by revivalism. We need revival without revivalism. Okay, we need genuine moves of God without hype and emotionalism. And I appreciate that about this. But it does seem like 
some of the charismatics are starting to pull up to this thing. Let me rephrase that. I'm a charismatic. Charismaniacs. But somebody else said uh, I should check out Alyssa Childress's video. She, apparently she went. And I've talked to a couple folks that have went. So I'm curious to see what her thoughts are. Yeah. Well, on Saturday night, I happened to be speaking at a women's conference about 20 minutes from Asbury Seminary. And so the next morning, that would be Sunday morning, I decided to just get in my car and go and check it out for myself and see what's going on. And so I want to I want to start by saying that I'm not against revival. I'm for revival. And I'm not against the gifts of the spirit. I'm not against charismatics. Um, but, uh, you know, I always want to test all things. So I, I just I had an open heart, but I wanted to be discerning. So I walked into the chapel and the way we found it was a student was walking out and she helped us find where to go. And she had told me that in the mornings, it's a little slower, it kind of gains steam later in the afternoon. So when I walked in, there was maybe 20 or 30 people scattered throughout the chapel. Uh, people were either sitting quietly or talking to one another. There was a young woman on the stage with a guitar singing songs, and I don't even think she was amplified. She was just up there singing, and uh, most people were not singing along. They were just sort of sitting quietly. And so I found a seat, and I sat and just sat there for a little while. I closed my eyes. I prayed. I said, Lord, give me eyes to see, give me ears to hear, and wisdom to discern truth. Now, I'll give you my own subjective feeling, and that is that it felt very sweet. There was nothing weird going on. It was very calm. Uh, it felt very similar to what I experience at churches across the country every Sunday. Uh, who are waiting with expectation for a service awesome. to start. So there's nothing unusual about that. I did not encounter any sort of um, powerful hmm. force that some people are describing. Um, just this is my subjective feelings. And this is why it's important we don't trust our feelings, right? We have to discern through our feelings. Um, so what I hope, that's really it. So after I sat there for a few minutes um, and prayed and kind of took in what was happening, um, I went ahead and went back to the hotel to pick up my family so we could come back to Nashville. Kudos to her. That's awesome. She's being discerning. She's saying don't trust your feelings, which I would 100% agree with. Don't trust, don't, don't just blindly trust your feelings. Also, don't just blindly trust your feelings when there's outrage about stuff like this and people not understanding it. Don't just blindly trust your feelings where someone's always trying to take down somebody else in a video, right? We, 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 we need to be discerning ac across the board, right? Like as we saw with the He Gets Us campaign, you have folks uh, from both sides coming at it and kind of blindly trusting their feelings. It can't be God can't be in this or this is fascism. Don't blindly trust your feelings and that kind of stuff, too, because you don't know what God can and can't do and how God can and can't. And it's not my way of how I would have done something. Right. So I think that's a that's a that's a good word for all of us. So the point of making this video is because here's what I'd like to do. Uh, as far as I can judge, um, I have no reason to think that God isn't working something really beautifully in the hearts of the students at Asbury. I've had experiences like that, especially when I was younger. Um, I'll be honest with you, coming from a bit of a charismatic background, I've seen this type of thing a lot. So I will admit to you my bias that I come to it with a bit of skepticism because I can't tell you how many 24-hour uh, worship services I took part in and 24-hour, you know, quote-unquote revivals and things like that, were, which really were more just experience-driven. Uh, and But I have no reason to think that what God is working in these students is not real. So that's not really the point of making this video. The point of making this video is that I I do have three concerns with how it's been responded to, okay? And the first one is how we define and tangible results that you could see in changed lives. And I think that's very important for us to remember when we define uh, revival. If you are somebody who's been abused by revival movements, which we're going to talk about in a moment, I hope to comfort your heart that you might be seeing all this stuff happen on social media. And you know what? It's okay to wait and see. It's okay to test every spirit. In fact, that's biblically what we're commanded to do, test every spirit and hold fast to what is true. Let's pray with hopeful hearts that God is moving in the lives of these kids, but let's wait and see the lasting fruit before we jump on bandwagons. And that brings me to concern number two, and that's the social. It's an interesting thing. It's like, it's like a wait and see Wait and see, but pray God is moving. It's a good balance because I think when you go to one extreme or the other, then you can, um, you 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 can drift in that. the The tough part, the tough part, and this isn't necessarily her. I don't want to speak on her. Is that sometimes the wait and see crowd is the hyper cynical, hypercritical crowd? 
It's the, hey man, kids are worshiping for a long time. You want to call it revival. You don't want to call it revival. I don't care. That's pretty stinking awesome. Praise God. Weird stuff isn't happening. Praise God. What are we waiting to see? What are we waiting and seeing? We could say, that's a good thing. Praise God, that's a good thing. College students don't want to leave their chapel to pray and worship. That's a good thing. It's okay to say that's a good thing. I, I, I get it. Like, I get it. But I just think sometimes if we know that God uses flawed means all the time and flawed pieces all the time, sometimes we don't need to remind everyone uh, to wait and see. Right? I'm not saying be naive and just believe everything and receive it. But I'm also saying we don't also need this, like, super cynical, skeptical notion that, like, at the end of the day, if young kid, if kids want to worship Jesus, that's a W. And, yes, there's going to be folks there that want to, you know, appropriate it and mess it up and whatever. But, like, praise God that there are kids that want to worship Jesus. Now, again... Others of us are also looking at it from a macro and going, well, we see all this other stuff that's happening. We see all the parallels between the hippie movement of the late 60s and what's happening now with despair, illicit drug use up, all of the, the weird sexual stuff that's happening. We see all, all the parallels are there. All the signs on the wall are there. Could the Lord be doing something? Right? Could the Lord be doing something? I don't know. I think I think he could. Right? So uh, that would be my only... And again, I'm not projecting that on her. It's just that the, the tone of some of this stuff can't... Like the wait and see language can also be a bit... Meh, media in my hype. opinion. From the get-go, people were blasting out all over social media. Revival has broken out. There's this great and massive thing happening here at Asbury. And here's my concern with that. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anybody say great and massive thing. To be fair, I haven't heard anybody say that. I just heard people say, oh, it seems like there's revival in Asbury. That's awesome. Praise God. A, you're putting pressure on the students to keep it going. Now it's like, oh, the whole world knows about us. And so there's going to be a bit of a that's battle, a I think, with the flesh of how, you know, do we keep this thing going? And, and just psychologically, that's going to be present. And then there's that's also this sort of viral sensation thing that happens where people feel compelled to jump on a bandwagon to make a decision right now, one way or the other. And I just don't think that's going to lead to any kind of holiness. And then it can also tend to make people feel like, oh, I want that experience for myself. And they get in their cars, they start driving from eight hours away, or they start flying there thinking that there's some maybe kind yeah, I'm not I'm not going to Asbury. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not dropping everything I'm doing going to Asbury. Holy Spirit hotspot that they're going to get a touch from God that they can't get somewhere else. And friends, I hope I hope to I hope to persuade you today to realize that you have the word of God. Probably many of you have several copies of it in your house. You have access to the words of God. Amen. And if you're a Christian, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go somewhere Amen. to have something happen to you that will give you more of what you can't get. Yep. in your home. What I experienced yes. on Sunday morning, I can experience in my home. I can pray like that in my home. I can pray at my church. So uh, the social media hype can, I think, have a very corruptive influence. Be on guard for that. Mm. And the third thing, and I think this is possibly the most urgent of my concerns, and that's the vulnerability of when something like this happens, that it becomes co-opted by movements like the New Apostolic Reformation, or known as the NAR, that mm. believes that the church should be governed by modern-day apostles. And revival is a huge part of how these apostles are going to usher in the end times. And it's um, something that I've done a couple of podcasts on. I highly recommend you listen to my conversation with Holly Pivot, Polly Pivot and Doug Guyvett, who wrote a, a book that I think every Christian should read called Counterfeit Kingdoms, talking about mm. this movement that um, has such specific ideas about revival. And um, already, right now, I've seen social media posts where prominent 
NAR prophets and apostles and other people are heading there. Some have reported they're already there at Asbury. Yeah, keep them folks off the stage. Don't you dare give them folks a microphone, Asbury. <laughs> Don't you do it. So here's my advice. Go to your own church. Love and serve your family. Disciple your kids. Love your spouse. Serve those who God puts in your path. Live lives of faithful obedience to God. And don't be distracted by shiny objects. It's a W take. It's a W take from Melissa Childress. I think I think I think she is, you know, probably rightfully so, taking a, a bit more of a cautious approach. That, that, like that's an interesting tension, right? Like God is starting to move. I think God is always moving. I think we can get in on that, but I do think there's something about a communal move in a specific proximity, and I I honestly don't know how it all works. I don't know how it all works, but I do believe God's always moving. God's always up to something, and he's been moving, but I think to say, oh, now he's really moving, I just go, yeah, I think God's been pretty active. I think there's been evidence of people getting saved. I think there's been evidence of uh, repentance, and by repentance, I don't mean be a better moral person and keep God's rules. By repentance, I specifically mean a change of heart and a change of trajectory of one's life, right? And so I think there's that. I think that that's been happening uh, across multiple uh, mediums. I think seeing it out of college is interesting, right? I think seeing it out of college is interesting. And I also think seeing it in a way that's unorthodox could be challenging for us because if you aren't more outgoing in your worship and your expressions of worship, if you don't understand why people are falling on their knees and why people are seemingly emotional, um, right? Like, like if you don't, if you don't, if you're not used to those things, then it could just seem like complete. What is all this? Why is this happening? Right. And so I, I, I get it, but I think God's, God's not finished. God's moving. God's going to keep moving. And I think we need to do our part to walk in God's ways. And I feel like if we do that, uh, then God's going to use all of us in different ways. Um, but I do think there's something about the local church coming together and and something flowing out of that, right? I think if you have not, do me a solid. Consider partnering with us, becoming a monthly partner for 5 to $10 a month, whichever you're comfortable with. Less than 1% of the people who watch this channel actually do that and if we could get 5% of you guys to do that, it would actually drastically change what we got going on here and help us take it to another level. And so, and you guys stay our boss and we don't have to answer to any brand deals or any corporations or go to Rumble or anything goofy like that. We just have to answer to you guys. So uh, consider partnering with us online. There's a Discord. There's all kinds of good stuff. And ultimately, so that we don't have to make commercials like this. Our friends at GenuCell Skincare have exciting news to celebrate in 2023. Using Manscaped during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. And that's where mud water comes in. True Classic has got your back. All thanks to the sponsor of today's video, SayMine.com. Established titles is your opportunity to earn the title of Laird or Lady. Object credit approval rates range from 7.99% APR to 19.99% APR, included 0.50% auto pay discount. If you don't want us to make ads with brands you don't care about, sign up for our online community for as little as $5 a month to keep us independent and ultimately answering to you as our boss. You get all sorts of benefits like daily replays of our after party streams, exclusive access to our Discord community and early access to our podcast interviews, all starting for only $5 a month. King Stream Entertainment.
Bruce Lawn.